Act One of Lulu Two, Pandora's Box by Frank Vedekind, translated by Samuel Atkins Elliot Jr. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Characters, Lulu, read by Amanda Friday. Alva Shun, writer. Read by Chuck Williamson. Shigoch, M.D. Read by Alan Mapstone. Rodrigo Quast, acrobat. Read by Wupa Hippo. Alfred Hugenberg, escaped from a reform school. Read by Charlotte Duckett. Countess Geschwitz. Read by Capricia Page. Bianetta. Read by Sally McConnell. Ludmilla Steinherz, read by Elizabeth Clett. Magalona, read by Margaret Espayat. Cadidia, her daughter, read by Sally McConnell. Count Casti Piani, read by Algie Pag. Punchu, a banker, read by Alan Wayman. Halman, a journalist, read by Lambda. Bob, a groom. Read by Texavi. A detective. Read by Grendel B. Lightyear. Kungu Poti, Imperial Prince of Uahubi. Read by Vupa Hippo. Dr. Hilti, Tutor. Read by Lambda. Jack. Read by Bob Gonzalez. Narration read by Elizabeth Clett. Act One The Hall of Earth Spirit, Act Four feebly lighted by an oil-lamp on the centre table. Even this is dimmed by a heavy shade. Lulu's picture is gone from the easel, which still stands by the foot of the stairs. The fire-screen and the chair by the ottoman are gone, too. Down left is a small tea-table, with a coffee-pot and a cup of black coffee on it, and an armchair next it. In this chair, deep in cushions, with a plaid shawl over her knees, sits Countess Geschwitz in a tight black dress. Rodrigo, clad as a servant, sits on the ottoman. At the rear, Alva Schön is walking up and down before the entrance door. He lets people wait for him as if he were a concert conductor. I beg of you, don't speak. Hold my tongue with a head as full of thoughts as mine is? I absolutely can't believe she's changed so awfully much to her advantage there. She is more glorious to look at than I have ever seen her. God preserve me from founding my life happiness on your taste and judgment. If the sickness has hit her as it has you, I'm smashed and through. You're leaving the contagious ward like an acrobat lady who's had an accident after giving herself up to art. You can scarcely blow your nose any more. First you need a quarter-hour to sort your fingers, and then you have to be mighty careful not to break off the tip. What puts us under the ground gives her health and strength again. That's all right and fine enough, but I don't think I'll be travelling off with her this evening. You will let your bride journey all alone after all? In the first place the old fellow's going with her to protect her in case anything serious. My escort could only be suspicious. And secondly... I must wait here till my costumes are ready. I'll get across the frontier soon enough, all right, and I hope in the meantime she'll put on a little embonpoint, too. 
Then we'll get married, provided I can present her before a respectable public. I love the practical in a woman. What theories they make up for themselves are all the same to me. Aren't they to you too, doctor? I haven't heard what you are saying. I'd never have got my person mixed up in this plot if she hadn't kept tickling my bare pate before her sentence. If only she doesn't start doing too much as soon as she's out of Germany. I'd like best to take her to London for six months and let her fill up on plum cakes. In London one expands just from the sea air. And then, too, in London one doesn't feel with every swallow of beer as if the hand of fate were at one's throat. I've been asking myself for a week whether a person who'd been sentenced to prison could still be made to go as the chief figure in a modern drama. If the man would only come now. I've still got to redeem my properties out of the pawn shop here, too. Six hundred kilos of the best iron. The baggage rate on him is always three times as much as my own ticket, so that the whole junket isn't worth a trouser's button. When I went into the pawn shop with him, dripping with sweat, they asked me if the things were genuine. I'd have really done better to have had the costumes made abroad. In Paris, for instance, they see at the first glance where one's best points are, and bravely lay them bare. But you can't learn that with bow legs. It's got to be studied on classically shaped people. In this country, they're as scared of naked skin as they are abroad of dynamite bombs. A couple of years ago, I was fined 50 marks at the Alhambra Theater because people could see I had a few hairs on my chest. Not enough to make a respectable toothbrush. But the fine arts minister opined that the little schoolgirls might lose their joy in knitting stockings because of it. And since then, I have myself shaved once a month. I didn't need every bit of my creative power now for the world conqueror. I might like to test the problem and see what could be done with it. That's the curse of our young literature. We're so much too literary. We only know such questions and problems as come up among writers and cultured people. We cannot see beyond the limits of our own professional interests. In order to get back on the trail of a great and powerful art, we must move as much as possible among men who've never read a book in their lives, whom the simplest animal instincts direct in all they do. I've tried already, with all my might, to work according to those principles in my earth spirit. The woman who is my model for the chief figure in that breathes today and has for a year behind barred windows. And on that account, for some incomprehensible reason, the play was only brought to performance by the Society for Free Literature. As long as my father was alive, all the stages of Germany stood open to my creations. That has been vastly changed. I've had a pair of tides made of the tenderest blue-green. If they don't make a success abroad, I'll sell mousetraps. The trunks are so delicate, I can't sit on the edge of a table in them. The only thing that will disturb the good impression is my awful bald head, which I owe to my active participation in this great conspiracy. To lie in the hospital in perfect health for three months would make a fat pig of the most run-down old hobo. 
Since coming out, I've fed on nothing but Carlsbad pills. Day and night I have orchestra rehearsals in my intestines. I'll be so washed out before I get across the frontier that I won't be able to lift a bottle cork. How the attendants in the hospital got out of her way yesterday. That was a refreshing sight. The garden was still as the grave. In the loveliest noon sunlight the convalescents didn't venture out of doors. Away back by the contagious ward she stepped out under the mulberry trees and swayed on her ankles on the gravel. The doorkeeper had recognized me, and a young doctor, who met me in the corridor, shrunk up as though a revolver had shot him. The sisters vanished into the big rooms or stayed stuck against the walls. When I came back there was not a soul to be seen in the garden or at the gate. No better chance could have been found if we had had the cursed passports. And now the fellow says he isn't going with her. I understand the poor hospital brothers. One has a bad foot and another has a swollen cheek, and there appears in the midst of them the incarnate death insurance agentess. In the hall of the knights, as the blessed division was called, from which I organized my spying, when the news got around there that Sister Theophila had departed this life, not one of the fellows could be kept in bed. They scrambled up to the window bars if they had to drag their pains along with them by the hundred weight. I never heard such swearing in my life. Allow me, Fräulein von Geschwitz, to come back to my proposition once more. Though my father was shot in this room, still I can see in the murder, as in the punishment, nothing but a horrible misfortune that has befallen her. Nor do I think that my father, if he had come through alive, would have withdrawn his support from her entirely. Whether your plan for freeing her will succeed still seems to me very doubtful, though I wouldn't like to discourage you. But I can find no words to express the admiration with which your self-sacrifice, your energy, your superhuman scorn of death inspires me. I don't believe any man ever risks so much for a woman, let alone for a friend. I am not aware, Fräulein von Geschwitz, how rich you are, but the expenses for what you have accomplished must have exhausted your fortune. May I venture to offer you a loan of 20,000 marks? which I should have no trouble raising for you in cash. How we did rejoice when Sister Theophilia was really dead. From that day on we were free from custody. We changed our beds as we liked. I had done my hair like hers and copied every tone of her voice. When the professor came he called her Nadigis Fräulein, and said to me, It's better living here than in prison. When the sister suddenly was missing, we looked at each other in suspense. We had both been sick five days. Now was the deciding moment. Next morning came the assistant. How is Sister Theophilia? Dead. We communicated behind his back, and when he had gone we sank into each other's arms. God be thanked, God be thanked. What pains it cost me to keep my darling from betraying how well she already was. 
you have nine years of prison before you i cried to her early and late now they probably won't let her stay in the contagious ward three days more i lay in the hospital full three months to spy out the ground after toilfully peddling together the qualities necessary for such a long stay now i act the valet here with you dr schön so that no strange servants may come into the house where is the bridegroom who has ever done so much for his bride my fortune has also been destroyed when you succeed in developing her into a respectable artiste you will put the world in debt to you with the temperament and beauty that she has to give out of the depths of her nature she can make the most blasé public hold its breath and then too she will be protected by acting passion from a second time becoming a criminal in reality i'll soon drive her kiddishness out of her there he comes steps louden in the gallery then the curtains part at the head of the stairs and shigoch in a long black coat with a white sunshade in his right hand comes down throughout the play his speech is interrupted with frequent yawns confound the darkness how it doors the sun burns your eyes out Geschwitz, wearily unwrapping herself i'm coming her ladyship has seen no daylight for three days we live here like in a snuff-box since nine o'clock this morning i've been round all the old clothes-men three brand-new trunks stuffed full of old trousers i've expressed to buenos aires via bremerhaven my legs are dangling on me like the tongue of a bell that's the new life it's going to be from now on where are you going to get off to-morrow morning i'm not straight into the ox butter hotel again i can tell you a fine hotel i lived there with a lady lion tamer the people were born in berlin geschwitz upright in the armchair come and help me rodrigo hurries to her and supports her and you'll be safer from the police there than on a high tight rope he means to let you go with her alone this afternoon maybe he's still suffering from his chilblains do you want me to start my new engagement in bathrobe and slippers hmm sister theophilo wouldn't have gone to heaven so promptly either if she hadn't felt so affectionately towards our patient she'll have a different value when one must surf through a honeymoon with her anyway it can't hurt her if she gets a little fresh air beforehand alva a pocket-book in his hand to geschwitz who is leaning on a chair-back by the centre table this holds ten thousand marks thank you no please take it Geschwitz, to Shigoch. Come along at last. Patience, Fräulein. It's only a stone's throw across Hospital Street. I'll be here with her in five minutes. You're bringing her here? I'm bringing her here. Or do you fear for your health? You see that I fear nothing? According to the latest wire, the doctor is on his way to Constantinople to have his earth spirit produced before the sultan by harem ladies and eunuchs. Alva, opening the centre door under the gallery. It's shorter for you through here. Exeunt Shigoch and Countess Geschwitz. Alva locks the door. You were going to give more money to the crazy skyrocket? What has that to do with you? 
I get paid like a lamplighter, though I had to demoralize all the sisters in the hospital. Then came the assistants and the doctor's turn, and then— Will you seriously inform me that the medical professors let themselves be influenced by you? With the money those gentlemen cost me, I could become President of the United States. But Fraulein von Geschwitz has reimbursed you for every penny that you spent. So far as I know, you're getting a monthly salary of 500 marks from her besides— it is often pretty hard to believe in your love for the unhappy murderess. When I asked Fraulein von Geschwitz just now to accept my help, it certainly was not to incite your insatiable avarice. The admiration which I have learnt to have for Fraulein von Geschwitz in this affair, I am far from feeling towards you. It is not at all clear to me what claims of any kind you can make upon me. That you chance to be present at the murder of my father has not yet created the slightest bond of relationship between you and me. On the contrary, I am firmly convinced that if the heroic undertaking of Countess Geschwitz had not come your way, you would be lying somewhere today without a penny, drunken in the gutter. And do you know what would have become of you if you hadn't sold for two millions the tuppenny paper your father ran? You'd have hitched up with the stringiest sort of belly girl and been today a stable boy in the Humpelmeyer Circus. What work do you do? You've written a drama of horrors in which my bride's calves are the two chief figures and which no high-class theatre will produce. You walking pajamas. You fresh rag back you. Two years ago, I balanced two saddled cavalry horses on this chest. How that'll go now after this, clasping his bald head, is a question sure enough. The foreign girls will get a fine idea of German art when they see the sweat come beading through my tights at every fresh kilo weight. I shall make the whole auditorium stink with my exhalations. You're weak as a dish, Clout. Would to God you were right. Or did you perhaps intend to insult me? If so, I'll set the tip of my toe to your jaw so that your tongue will crawl along the carpet over there. Try it! Steps and voices outside. Who is that? You can thank God that I have no public here before me. Who can that be? That is my beloved. It's a full year now since we've seen each other. But how should they be back already? Who can be coming there? I expect no one. Oh, the devil, unlock it. Hide yourself. I'll get behind the portieres. I've stood there once before, a year ago. Disappears right. Alva opens the rear door, whereupon Alfred Hugenberg enters, hat in hand. With whom have I... You? Aren't you... Alfred Hugenberg. What can I do for you? I've come from Munsterberg. I ran away this morning. Uh, my eyes are bad. I am forced to keep the blinds closed. I need your help. You will not refuse me. I have a plan ready. Can anyone hear us? What do you mean? What sort of a plan? Are you alone? Yes. What do you want to impart to me? I had two plans I already let drop. 
what i shall tell you now has been worked out to the last possible chance if i had money i should not confide it with you i thought about it a long time before coming will you not permit me to set forth and show you my design will you kindly tell me just what you are talking about she cannot possibly be so indifferent to you that i must tell you that the evidence you gave the coroner helped her more than anything the defending counsel said i beg to decline the supposition he would say that i understand that of course but all the same you were her best witness you were you said my father was about to force her to shoot herself he was too but they didn't believe me i wasn't put on my oath where have you come from now from a reform school i broke out this morning and what do you have in view i am trying to get into the confidence of a turnkey what do you mean to live on i'm living with a girl who's had a child by my father who is your father he's a police captain i know the prison without ever having been inside it and nobody in it will recognize me as i am now but i don't count on that at all i know an iron ladder by which one can get from the first court to the roof and through an opening there into the attic there's no way up to it from inside but in all five wings boards and laughs and great heaps of shavings are lying under the roofs and i'll drag them all together in the middle and set fire to them my pockets are full of matches and all the things used to make fires but then you'll burn up there of course if i'm not rescued but to get to the first court i must have a turnkey in my power and for that i need money not that i mean to bribe him that wouldn't go i must lend him money to send his three children to the country and then at four o'clock in the morning when the prisoners of respected families are discharged i'll slip in the door he'll lock up behind me and ask me what i'm after and i'll ask him to let me out again in the evening and before it gets light i'm up in the attic how did you escape from the reform school i jumped out the window i need two hundred marks for the rascal to send his family to the country rodrigo stepping out of the portieres right will the herr baron have coffee in the music room or on the veranda where does that man come from out of the same door he jumped out of the same door i've taken him into my service he is dependable hugenberg grasping his temples fool that i am oh fool oh yeah we've seen each other here before cut away now to your vice mamma your kid brother might like to uncle his brothers and sisters make your sir papa the grandfather of his children you're the only thing we've missed if you once get into my sight in the next two weeks i'll beat your bean up for porridge uh, be quiet you i'm a fool what do you want to do with your fire don't you know the lady's been dead three weeks did they cut off her head no she's got that still she was meshed by the cholera that is not true what do you know about it there read it here taking out a paper and pointing to the place the murderess of dr schoen gives hugenberg the paper he reads the murderess of dr schoen has in some incomprehensible way fallen ill of cholera in prison it doesn't say she's dead well what else do you suppose she is she's been lying in the churchyard three weeks back in the left-hand corner behind the rubbish heap 
where the little crosses are with no names on them. There she lies under the first one. You'll know the spot because the grass hasn't grown on it. Hang a tin wreath there, and then get back to your nursery school, or I'll denounce you to the police. I know the female that beguiles her leisure hours with you. Hugenberg to Alva. Is it true that she's dead? Thank God, yes. Please do not keep me here any longer. My doctor has forbidden me to receive visitors. My future is worth so little now. I would gladly have given the last scrap of what life is worth for me for her happiness. Hey-ho, one way or another, I'll sure go to the devil now. If you dare in any way to approach me or the doctor here, or my honourable friend Shigolch too near, I'll inform on you for intended arson. You need three good years to learn when not to stick your fingers in. Now get out. Fool! Get out! Throws him out the door, coming down. I wonder you didn't put your purse at that rogue's disposal, too. I won't stand your damn jabbering. The boy's little finger is worth more than all you. I've had enough of this Geschwitz's company. If my bride is to become a corporation with limited liability, somebody else can go in ahead of me. I propose to make a magnificent trapeze artist out of her and willingly risk my life to do it. But then I'll be master of the house and will myself indicate what cavaliers she is to receive. The boy has what our age lacks, a hero nature. Therefore, of course, he is going to ruin. Do you remember how before sentence was passed, he jumped out of the witness box and yelled at the justice, How do you know what would have become of you if you'd had to run around the cafes barefoot every night when you were ten years old? If I could only have given him one in the jaw for that ride away. Thank God there are jails where scum like that gets some respect for the law pounded into them. One like him might have been my model for my world conqueror. For twenty years literature has presented nothing but demi-men. Men who can beget no children and women who can bear none. That's called the modern problem. I've ordered a hippopotamus whip two inches thick. If that has no success with her, you can fill my cranium with potato soup. Be it love or be it whipping, female flesh never inquires. Only give it some amusement and it stays firm and fresh. She is now in her twentieth year, has been married three times and has satisfied a gigantic horde of lovers, and her heart's desires are at last pretty plain. But the man's got to have the seven deadly sins on his forehead, or she honors him not. If he looks as if a dog-catcher had spat him out on the street, then with such women folks, he needn't be afraid of a prince. I'll rent a garage fifty feet high and break her in there. And when she's learned the first diving leap without breaking her neck, I'll pull on a black coat and not stir a finger the rest of my life. 
When she's educated, practically, it doesn't cost a woman half as much trouble to support her husband as the other way around, if only the man takes care of the mental labor for her and doesn't let the sense of the family go to wreck. I have learnt to rule humanity and drive it in harness before me like a well-broken foreign hand. But that boy sticks in my head. Really... I can still take private lessons in the scorn of the world from that schoolboy. She'll just comfortably let her hide be papered with thousand-mark bills. I'll extract salaries out of the directors with a centrifugal pump. I know their kind. When they don't need a man, let him shine their shoes for them. But when they must have an artist, they cut her down from the very gallows with their own hands and with the most entangling compliments. In my situation, there's nothing more in the world to fear but death. In the realm of sensation, I am the poorest beggar. But I can no longer scrape up the moral courage to exchange my established position for the excitements of the wild, adventurous life. She had sent Papa Shigolge and me together in chase of some strong antidote for sleeplessness. We each got a twenty-mark piece for expenses. There we see the youngster sitting in the nightlight café. He was sitting like a criminal on the prisoner's bench. Shigolge sniffed at him from all sides and remarked, "'He is still virgin.' Up in the gallery, dragging steps are heard. There she is, the future magnificent trapeze artist of the present age. The curtains part at the stairhead, and Lulu, supported by Shigolch and in a black dress, slowly and wearily descends. Phew, old mould. We've still got to get over the frontier today. Rodrigo, glaring stupidly at Lulu. Thunder of heaven! Death! Slowly, you're pinching my arm. How did you ever get the shamelessness to break out of prison with such a wolf's face? Stop your snout. I'll run for the police. I'll give information. This scarecrow let herself be seen in tights? The padding alone would cost two months' salary. You're the most perfidious swindler that ever had lodging in Oxbutter Hotel. Kindly refrain from insulting the lady. Insulting, you call that? For this naught-bone's sake, I've worn myself away. I can earn my own living. I'll be a clown if I can still stand firm under a broomstick. But let the lightning strike me on the spot if I don't warm ten thousand marks a year for life out of your tricks and frauds. I can tell you that. A pleasant trip. I'm going for the police. Exit. Run, run. He'll take good care of himself. We're rid of him. Now, some black coffee for the lady. Alva at the table left. Here is the coffee, ready to pour. I must look after the sleeping car tickets. Oh, freedom. Thank God for freedom. I'll be back for you in half an hour. We'll celebrate our departure in the station restaurant. I'll order a supper that'll keep us going till tomorrow. Good morning, Doctor. Good evening. 
pleasant rest thanks i know every door handler so long have a good time exit i haven't seen a room for a year and a half curtains chairs pictures won't you drink it i've swallowed enough black coffee these five days have you any brandy i've got some elixir de spa that reminds one of old times looks round the hall while oliva fills two glasses where's my picture gone i've got it in my room so no one shall see it here bring it down here now didn't you even lose your vanity in prison how anxious at heart one gets when one hasn't seen herself for months one day i got a brand new dustpan when i swept up at seven in the morning i held the back of it up before my face tin doesn't flatter but i took pleasure in it all the same bring the picture down from your room shall i come too no heaven's sake you must spare yourself i've been sparing myself long enough now alva goes out right to get the picture he has heart trouble but to have to plague oneself with imagination fourteen months he kisses with the fear of death on him and his two knees shake like a frozen vagabond's in god's name in this room if only i had not shot his father in the back alva returns with the picture of lulu in the pierrot dress it's covered with dust i had leaned it against the fireplace face to the wall you didn't look at it all the time i was away i had so much business to attend to with the sale of your paper and everything countess geschwitz would have liked to have hung it up in her house but she had to be prepared for search warrants he puts the picture on the easel now the poor monster is learning the joys of life in hotel oxbutter by her own experience even now i don't understand how events hang together oh guschwitz arranged it all very cleverly i must admire her inventiveness but the cholera must have raged fearfully in hamburg this summer and on that she founded her plan for freeing me she took a course in hospital nursing here and when she had the necessary documents she journeyed to hamburg with them and nursed the cholera patients at the first opportunity that offered she put on the underclothes in which a sick woman had just died and which really ought to have been burnt the same morning she travelled back here and came to see me in prison in my cell while the wardress was outside we as quick as we could exchanged underclothes so that was the reason why the countess and you fell sick of the cholera the same day exactly that was it geschwitz of course was instantly brought from her house to the contagious ward in the hospital but with me too they couldn't think of any other place to take me so there we lay in one room in the contagious ward behind the hospital and from the first day geschwitz put forth all her art to make our two faces as like each other as possible day before yesterday she was let out as cured just now she came back and said she'd forgotten her watch i put on her clothes she slipped into my prison frock and then i came away now she's lying over there as the murderess of dr schoon so far as outward appearance goes you can still agree with the picture as much as ever i'm a little piqued in the face but otherwise i've lost nothing only one gets incredibly nervous in prison you looked horribly sick when you came in i had to to get our necks out of the noose and you what have you done in this year and a half 
I've had a success d'esteem in literary circles with a play I wrote about you. Who's your sweetheart now? An actress I've rented a house for in Carl Street. Does she love you? How should I know that? I haven't seen the woman for six weeks. Can you stand that? Oh, you will never understand that. With me, there's the closest alternation between my sensuality and mental creativeness. So towards you, for example, I have only the choice of regarding you artistically or of loving you. I used to dream every other night that I'd fallen into the hands of a sadic. Come, give me a kiss. It's shining in your eyes, like the water in a deep well one has just thrown a stone into. Come. Alva kisses her. Your lips have got pretty thin, anyway. Come. Pushes him into a chair and seats herself on his knee. Do you shudder at me? In Hotel Oxbutter we all got a lukewarm bath every four weeks. The wardresses took that opportunity to search our pockets as soon as we were in the water. She kisses him passionately. <sighs> You're afraid that when I'm away you couldn't write any more poems about me? On the contrary, I shall write a dithyram upon thy glory. I'm only sore about the hideous shoes I'm wearing. They do not encroach upon your charms. Let us be thankful for the favor of this moment. I don't feel at all like that today. Do you remember the costume ball, where I was dressed like a knight squire? How those wineful women ran after me that time? Geschwitz crawled round, round my feet, and begged me to step on her face with my cloth shoes. <sighs> oh, come, dear heart. Lulu in the tone with which one quiets a restless child. Quietly. I shot your father. I do not love thee less for that. One kiss. Bend your head back. She kisses him with deliberation. You hold back the fire of my soul with the most dexterous art, and your breast breathes so virginly, too. Yet if it weren't for your two great dark childish eyes, I must needs have thought you the cunningest whore that ever hurled a man to destruction. Lulu, in high spirits. Would God I were. Come over the border with us today. Then we can see each other as often as we will, and we'll get more pleasure from each other than now. Through this dress I feel your body like a symphony. These slender ankles, this cantable, this rapturous crescendo, and these knees, this capriccio, and this powerful andante of lust. How peacefully these two slim rivals press against each other in the consciousness that neither equals the other in beauty, till their capricious mistress wakes up and the rival lovers separate like the two hostile poles. I shall sing your praises so that your senses shall whirl. Meanwhile, I'll bury my hands in your hair.
She does so. But here we'll be disturbed. You have robbed me of my reason. Aren't you coming with me today? Uh, but the old fellow's going with you. He won't turn up again. Is not that the divan on which your father bled to death? Be still. Be still. Curtain. End of Act One.